Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Our world is in peril and paralyzed. Geopolitical divides are undermining the work of the Security Council, undermining international law, undermining trust and people's faith in democratic institutions, undermining all forms of international cooperation. We cannot go on like this. Secretary General Antonio Guterres of the United Nations, in his opening address yesterday, of course, it's uh, the massive UN gathering that's taking place this week in New York City and painting a pretty dire picture, uh, running through a long list of things that he sees as major crises around the globe, and then saying, yeah, and we're not in a position as an international community to really address any of them because of some of the issues we're facing as well. Uh, much more happening today. Zelensky of Ukraine uh, is scheduled to address the United Nations remotely. Joe Biden speaking this morning. So there's a lot happening at the United Nations. So we're going to walk through that and get an update on uh, what might be discussed and if there'll be any sort of progress made. And to do that, we're joined by uh, Reza Hazmath, who is a professor in political science at the University of Alberta. Professor, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Uh, good morning. Um, obviously, that opening statement from Antonio Guterres, uh, typically it's sort of, this is the challenges that we're facing. That's how the uh, assembly usually starts. But yesterday it seemed pretty dire and, and pretty urgent from Guterres. So, yes, um, I mean, his main message was we need to overcome divisions, uh, that the world is divided, that, um, you know, there are major issues that we need to tackle. And uh, we're not equipped to do so, at least in his worldview, uh, to, because of these divisions. Yeah, and he's talking about, you know, uh, all kinds of different things. And let's just touch on a couple of them. Um, war, obviously, and that's the focus for a lot of the leaders speaking today. The situation in Ukraine on the minds of, well, almost everybody in attendance, correct? Oh, definitely. In fact, um, most of the speeches have actually touched on, on Ukraine and Russia and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And in terms of, I mean, there's no UN resolution. NATO is basically the, the one side of this conversation. But what kind of things are being said at the UN and um, what might they be trying to do uh, throughout the assembly this week? So they're a bit hampered in terms of what they can actually do because Russia is a permanent member and they will veto anything in the Security Council. But for the General Assembly, it's more of a signaling what states actually uh, think, um, you know, what the world of affairs are and what Russia's aggression towards Ukraine is. And the majority of states have actually uh, condemned the aggression. Um, they're a bit alarmed. In fact, President Biden is speaking right now mm -hmm. and he's, he's talking about this idea that, you know, you know, we have to be alarmed by Russia's invasion, but even more so, uh, their, their new movement towards um, having a referendum for these breakaway or rather these disputed territories. And that would mean Russia can actually defend it on those territories with nuclear weapons, if need be. And that's very alarming, of course. Yeah, and Russia, we should say, not in attendance. Um, they're not at the UN general, or Putin at least isn't at the General Assembly. There was some speculation that Biden might move to have Russia kicked out of the UN. We don't expect that to happen, right? No, not realistically. And in fact, history has told us that's the worst guy to actually kick out a, a permanent member, a major member of the international community. We do want 
um, all, as many member states, if not all member states, be part of this institution and, and global institutions in particular, because that opens that avenue for conversation. That opens that avenue for negotiations. So that would be a, a, a really terrible move if they were to propose that. One of the other things that a lot of the leaders are talking about and I find very interesting is the war on democracy and disinformation. And as you say, Gutierrez talked about that, the division that's uh, taking place. And uh, But a lot of people talking about the very institutions of democracy around the world are under attack right now. So we are seeing a rise of extremism across the world, not only in the traditional areas, but we're seeing this in Eastern Europe. We're seeing this in parts of the U.S., parts of Canada even. So there is... Um, growing sort of extremism. And that's, you know, tied to many of the other themes we're talking at the UN, hunger, um, climate change. Yeah. I mean, look, we just came out of a, of a I mean, we're still at the tail end of a, of a major pandemic and economies are shattered all over the world, relatively speaking. So, um, you know, that's what, you know, when, when, when Secretary General Guterres is talking about overcoming divisions, it's really within this sort of major context that, look, you know, we are in a fragile place as a society, as a global society right now. And we need to be very careful to, you know, come together and actually try and overcome these major challenges because we're, we're not actually meeting the objectives in these um, sustainable development goals, for example. We're not meeting them. We're not meeting the objectives for so many of the major milestones we set for ourselves. And you know what? And you're absolutely right. We set these goals. We don't reach them. And then now we've got these new emerging crises that Gutierrez was talking about in form, you know, climate change. That's not a new one. Um, but the global energy crisis that's now looming and, and the food security crisis that's looming. And those are really pressing issues, not the kind of thing you can push down the road or miss targets on. Oh, for definitely. These, these are things that, um, you know, nations need to come together to actually try and tackle as a, as a, as a community. And it's interesting because, you know, we, in the last two decades, we've been talking about what role should the UN have? Is it needed yeah. even? And, and we always have these conversations around this time when the General Assembly meets. And, you know, at the end of the day, look, the, the United Nations General Assembly does not have the same power it once did. It's not a unit. It can't state us. It can't dictate the society to do X, Y, and Z. But it's still a great signal. It's still a great place for uh, nations to come together and, 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 and think, at least have big thoughts about how to overcome world challenges. And, and there's, there's a utility in that. But like you say, practically, don't expect any solutions to be offered at the end of the week, right? I mean, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. These are major issues that take a long time. Just having a buy-in by states to actually have these conversations, go through multilateralism, go through bilateralism, go through the various institutions that exist globally. I mean, that's just, this is just a, 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 a one of us, a stopgap for a long-term sort of problem solving. Uh, great discussion. Uh, Risa, thank you so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate you joining us.